So you've got a podcast or an idea for a podcast or no ideas yet, but you want to start a podcast. Whatever stage you're at, G Media Solutions is here to help you take your podcast to the next level. We are a podcast production company based in Atlanta that specializes in audio recording, video live streaming, and all the elements you need to make your podcast thrive. To fulfill your podcast needs, contact us on Facebook and or Instagram at G Media ATL. Before the start of this episode, I wanted to tell you about another podcast that I am producing for my friend Aisha. It's called the Botanica Podcast. I wonder what she thinks of that pronunciation. But anyway, <laughs> uh, here's a trailer for the podcast. You can subscribe to it uh, anywhere you get your podcast, just like ours. Here it is. Welcome to the Botanica Podcast. This is your host, Aisha. Listen in as we discuss topics like love, health, sex, relationships, and even alternative medicine. Listen to the Botanica Podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are also on Instagram. Our handle is the underscore Botanica Podcast. Don't forget to stop by our Botanica. We have a lot to share. There's another podcast I want to tell you guys about. It's called The Barber and the Bartender. There's a barber, there's a bartender, and they talk about pop culture, sports, music. And of course, because one of them's a bartender, there's going to be a drink of the day and he'll give you a little history on different libations. So uh, tune into The Barber and the Bartender on Spotify, Apple Podcast. They're on Facebook. Here's the trailer for their podcast. Come to my chair, you catch a bait or get a taste. This shit gonna hurt tomorrow. Mm-mm. But it tastes good today. It's gonna hurt right now. I'm at the bar mixing up drinks and conversation. Yeah, no, I'm just a part-time dirt bag. Don't do that. You're a superstar. Yeah, we the ones you talk to and we your favorite. I'm a barber. You know what I'm saying? Niggas got, their, niggas put it, got their permanent hair, I know. You know what I'm saying? I just said that's my hero. You gonna hold him on the perm? First of all, niggas that have nappy hair, put permanent (laughs) hair, have baby hair. It's the barber and the bartender, the best podcast in the nation. Man, I have more. Hey, you're done. You're done. You're done. Cheers. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg, and we're doing another throwback episode this week. We're going back to episode 144, Louis the Liar, with the recent reunion, I suppose, of NSYNC at the MTV VMAs and the new song they just put out. Decided to go back to the episode where we talked about their manager, Lou Pearlman, who managed them and also the Backstreet Boys and a few other boy bands and girl groups throughout the 90s. And basically how he was a scam artist (laughs) and the many stories and the cons that he perpetrated, I guess you would say. And uh, it's all based on a documentary produced by Lance Bass from NSYNC called The Boy Band Con. So we discussed that very in-depth documentary and conversation about the documentary and we think you would all would enjoy that so episode 144 louis the liar and we'll be back with another episode very soon peace we will be uh talking about uh the manager of the group o-town uh, there's a documentary made about him 
uh, called Boy Band Con, The Lou Perlman Story. So we're talking about that mm -hmm. documentary. And, uh, oh, I did not mean to have that up. <laughs> oh, boy. There we go. Now Ben's on the screen. That's showbiz, people. <laughs> That's showbiz. Live podcasting. Okay. So, um, so uh, it's a documentary on YouTube mm -hmm. uh, produced by Lance Bass and some others, but First he, thing he's I the big name. He's yeah. the big name. He produced this. And um, you can watch it on YouTube Originals. I thought I had to get a premium account so it would play without ads, but it just played. <laughs> So, um, the, the, the story's too important, man. You can't put that behind the paywall. <laughs> so it just played for me, um, with, with no ads. So it may play that way for you, uh, that there is risk involved, I guess you might say. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's about an hour and 39, an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a lot of information. It's a lot. pretty riveting. It's a lot, and maybe some stuff you did know. There's some stuff I didn't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, and there were. <laughs> I wrote a lot of times. There were like certain stories that are like that is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's this is a guy. I don't. I. I made it in sociology, but I don't know if sociopath is the word to use. I wrote that. I wrote that. That it may be the word to use the, what of yeah. what he is, mm -hmm. and I feel like you, you. I don't know about you. You've met people like this who just mm -hmm. like embellish and yeah. flat out lie about their status or what they do or what they've accomplished. Even and, minute things, just yeah, yeah, just completely unnecessary. Um, and as with any film. Got notes. I got some notes. <laughs> I know Ben does too. I would like to say this before, because I think one of the things, if you've watched it, hopefully by now you've watched it, if you're listening, some of the notable absences from the from this documentary, yeah. um, you know, and now granted, you know, I would have expected more members of NSYNC. Well, I guess everyone, you were missing Justin, which is the big one. Yeah. And Joy Fatone. Surprisingly, Joy Fatone did not participate. I don't know why. Yeah. I was a little surprised too, Justin, because I feel he probably felt like I'm too big for this. I feel, I feel like that's the reason. It had to be like. That had to be the reason. Like, yeah, none of this are like, yeah, all of this is true. But like, man, like this is, you know, this is something that you just, you, you're dragging stuff up that I just don't want to be a part of. Um. And then, of course, like most of the Backstreet Boys are missing. <laughs> I think the only one that participated was AJ. Yeah. Um, so that's, a, I mean, but I guess since it's a Lance Bass production, he's probably going to have an easier time getting members of NSYNC than he would the Backstreet Boys. So, yeah. you know, one member of O-Town. Um, uh, no one from That was a little surprising to me because I, I felt like they could have provided a even more insight. Mm-hmm. Um, being there on TV and yeah, as far as like the, the, the whole reality was, yeah. TV angle um, and what was trying to be accomplished. Uh, and honestly, I had never heard of take five. I thought it was take that like, Oh, this is American. 
<laughs> yeah, never heard of Take Five. Uh, I never heard of Take Five. Innocence. I never heard of Innocence either. No, no, I hadn't heard of them either. Or the or other they, group. Are they um, the um, Hispanic group? I'd never heard of. Oh, C Note. Yeah, C Note. Never heard of them. And I thought maybe, okay, I hadn't heard of them, but maybe it was because he did the same thing that he did with Inting the Backstreet Boys, where they took off in Europe first. Yeah, proof of concept. You gotta, you gotta blow up over there. And he just never got the opportunity or, or whatever happened, or maybe it wasn't successful. I don't know their story exactly mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't really presented that way in the documentary as far as them crossing back over to the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, first note I had, because uh, they, they kind of like did some clips of each person that was interviewed, um, it could have been worse for Aaron Carter. <sighs> I don't even want to say what we were because th- I've watched this. I, so this is my second time watching it. The first time I watched it with my wife, and the second time she came in, and it was when Aaron Carter was on screen, and she just like uh, <laughs> it just kind of goes down, and it's just like <laughs> like this guy probably got it the worst. <laughs> it could have been worse. Like he came along when you were like eight years old. Yeah, like. Were you going to start selling drugs by nine? Like yeah. what? What was? Well, I mean, he 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 is. I don't even know how to describe it. Like he just, he looks like he made all the wrong choices. <laughs> like every time, and, he, like, and, and like without Lou Pearlman, what? How wrong? How how much wronger worse? Choices? Yeah. Wronger choices? Wronger choices? I mean, like this is. I mean, he essentially is the younger younger brother of one of the most famous people on earth at the time, in the Backstreet Boys trying to make his own career. Yeah. And like you look at him and it's just like it, it it's almost like a Drew Barrymore type thing where like you've got access to a lot of things that someone your age probably should not have access to. You're saying things in your songs like one time for the rodeo. Who are you who are you hanging around? <laughs> <laughs> who are you hanging with? <laughs> so yeah, I just yeah, but he like you 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 couldn't have you like you look at him and you go back and look at how I beat Shaq, like is like, that's the same kid? Jesus. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it could have been worse for Aaron Carter. Um I had this note and once we we'll get to it. Justin Bieber market correction for Aaron Carter? Oh, possibly, yeah. Possibly cuz I mean, they're essentially the same type of kid, you know. Younger white guys doing black style music. They could dance. They could kind of rap. Um, yeah, I think so. I think that's a, he's a market corrector. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, that's one thing. Uh, the next one I was, I, I don't know. I didn't know a whole lot about Lou Pearlman. Uh, but I did write down, he, he, he denied this to the end. Yeah. All the way to the end. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I had a lot of notes about like the first, Two minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this note actually did not apply because I thought that was somebody's mother, but she was actually one of the investors who lost money mm-hmm. about the parents can see it, but the acts can't. But throughout, mm. I was like, okay, actually, the parents couldn't see it either. No. Yeah. No. Um, one of them, somebody said he had a lot of different faces, but he was a nice guy. But you saw all these faces. Yeah. And I feel that, like yeah. that's that's denial. You're still kind of mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people who were to interview still have conflict 
there's well, still yeah. some some conflict uh, with um, what happened, ju- with what just what happened, yeah. because basically, In Sync and Backstreet Boys, when and then like all of his acts were born out of a giant scam. Yeah, you were born from a scam. Justin Timberlake owes his post Mickey Mouse Club career <laughs> to a scam. To a scam. Yeah. And maybe uh, that's why he didn't want to be on. Because he'd had to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was essentially, but it worked. Like that's the scary part about it. Like, yeah. You know, like you think of like Enron was a scam, but what Enron said they were doing was all a lie. So I think that's the key difference here. Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were born of a scam, but it was not a lie. <laughs> he could truly say, I manage two of the biggest boy bands in the world. And if you ask him to prove it, he could prove it. Like, yeah. you know, if you were to ask Enron, hey, how would you, you know, if you don't know how, it, how it's done, I'm not going to explain that. But if you ask Enron, you know, hey, you know, how much profit have you made? They can tell you, but they can't show you. Lou Pearlman can show you. He can take you to a sold out arena with a bunch of preteen and teenage girls screaming and be like, yeah, I manage this. And they'd be like, yeah, that's, that's you Big say, Papa. I made this. I'm, I even I better, made I made this, this. And, and funded it and everything. How'd you fund it? How'd you fund it? What? What do you mean how I fund it? What are you talking about? Just, you know. Money. I made this. Yes, you know? <laughs> but how'd you fund it? That's not the point. Does it matter? <laughs> Look at those abs. Does it matter? Um, uh, there was something that J.C. Shazay said uh, where I was like, dude, have an opinion. It was something he said. It was this was in the first minute and a half. Uh, oh man, I can't remember. But he, yeah, I don't feel I like a lot it. of them were going for the jugular. Um, a lot of them, and I don't know if maybe it's because they're trying to like you know how they say like a lot of uh, sports commentators that are coaches are quiet. They don't say a lot because they might be trying to get back in the game. What is JC trying to do? What is you know? I think the ones that really gave it to him the hardest were maybe Lance. Ashley and I would maybe say Chris Kirkpatrick like they're the ones who really I do wonder if because he managed LF well no he didn't manage LFO he just he did he did okay I do believe if Rich were still alive maybe Rich would have given it to him a little bit more yeah because Rich Cronin rest in peace he died of cancer a few years ago probably would have would have been a little bit more outspoken um but yeah, like uh, uh, some of them did kind of feel like they were pulling their punches. The artists. In. Okay, he said it's not for me to decide. As far as like how he should be remembered, mm-hmm. or how he should be, or what to consider of everything that happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you're not the judge or the jury, yeah. but this affected you in a way. You are where you are because of him. Yeah. So that's what I was like having an opinion. <laughs> like, dude, what do you think? Why are you, you know why you're being interviewed, okay? So I'm just like having an opinion. I will say the girl who gave it, to, the person that gave it to the most though was the member of Innocence. Yeah. She, I think if, I think if he were there, she would have kicked him in the ball. <laughs> like, I think she hated She would have punched him or hit him guts. with something. She would have hit him with that stool she's sitting on. Like, you could, <laughs> you could feel that through the, through the TV, how yeah. much she hated him. <laughs> like, my goodness. Um, so yeah, um, 
So with the intro, the opening credits, if you will, uh, with Dirty Pop by NSYNC, <laughs> uh, that was that was the perfect song to start the film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just... <laughs> no, I, I that, think it was. was. I yeah. mean, it's so appropriate. Yeah, even funnier though because they weren't with them anymore when they made it. But yeah, it yeah it perfectly describes um, what was going on and and how we got there. Dirty money, dirty pop, dirty person. Yeah, and what I, what the life is, and basically the song kind of described that that time period as far as what. Um, you know, they were they weren't critical darlings. None of these girls no. <laughs> had critically acclaimed stuff. I mean, no. some people look at "I Want It That Way" as a, a, a in a certain light, or they look at um, uh, I don't know if they, I don't know if anything I don't I don't know if anything's like un, has I don't know if In Sync has that song from their Lou Pearlman time. Mm-hmm. Like I want it that way for Backstreet Boys. No, no, they've got. I don't think they've got any songs that come close to "I Want It That Way." Um, not a rip on In Sync or anything like that, but like, I mean, the song is nonsensical. Oh, it makes like no even sense, after Lou Roman, nothing. No, I mean "Bye Bye Bye" is close, but well, "Bye Bye Bye" is part of the, the No Strings Attached, which yeah. I thought was. An entire diss album. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, but I mean, I can't think of anything that they just, because I mean, like, they're just, like, I wanted that way was just so massive. And I mean, if, I feel like people our age understand how big it was, but people maybe younger than us who, you know, who are maybe in their early 20s, you know, if you can just imagine just how big yeah, that album and that song was and then everything preceding it. You know, like even the Backstreet Boys even even topped it. <laughs> it became their signature song, um, but um, yeah, yeah, no, they they didn't do anything as big, yeah. After, um, yeah. So at this point, they talked to Ashley Parker Angel from O Town. You said the only member from O Town to appear. I uh, think, and of everyone, he he has aged the best. I yeah. think he is the one person who did not let this. He get him he down. looks twenty five. Yeah, and he's probably forty. <laughs> he hits uh, the gym every day. <laughs> uh I just wrote he met him in met Lou in the bathroom. Uh, I just thought of the Temptations movie. Oh god. Where they met Barry Gordy in the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> I was maybe like, is that isn't that how it always happens? When did that movie come out? Because maybe that's where he got the idea. <laughs> that was like ninety seven. So he might have gotten the idea. <laughs> Because they, they, their first album came out in 2001, so they probably yeah, met him in 98, yeah. 99. And the Temptations come up. Apparently, they gave the Backstreet Boys advice. Um, but, yeah, that was a very creepy way to meet him. And I wouldn't have done it. But then again, I've never been in that position where this could make or break me. And this might be the only chance I get to talk to the great Lou Pearlman, who made, yeah, he's creepy, but, like, he made the Backstreet Boys and in sync. It's like... I, I don't know. People maybe were blinded by the success uh, at that point. We'll get to that. We'll mm-hmm. get to that. That's a little. Um, AJ calling him like he would have made an amazing car if used car yeah. salesman. <laughs> That's not a compliment, but I mean, mm, hey, no. you know. <laughs> but I thought like Lou was the car salesman with with bigger dreams. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, I mean, or so, tried to sell people on their dreams the same way a used car salesman. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it either way the the comparison fits. I mean, the first so I mean the first thing he observes in his you know when he starts when he decides to do this is he rents to five teenagers from Boston. New kids and has no like who are these five kids from Boston and how are they affording to rent my jet? (laughs) And then it's like he I feel like he studied Maurice Starr. (laughs) He just went and studied like took it to a neck to another level and took it it, what took it to another level with what I I, I said was the Neverland Ranch. That's what it felt like. Big Papa Lou. He was a big kid just like us. Like that's like if I'm Lance Bass's mom, is that not creepy to you, man? Like. (laughs) Like this adult and your kid and your child and it's, it's like, yeah, he's just like, no, he's not. He's twice your age. <laughs> no, he's not. He's your manager. You need rules. <laughs> you need structure. <laughs> um, uh, somebody said he has a way with words. And I wrote because I, I didn't know some of the other stories were coming. I was like, is he a predator? And mm. <laughs> he has a way with words. And a couple of people, I think, said that. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like one of those guys that will just like, and I think someone someone said this also, when you ask him a question, he just Talks gives you a word it. salad. Yeah. He'll talk around <laughs> just it all day. Word salad and not, and, answer, and not answer the question. Uh, similar to the 45th president. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dave Holmes. Uh, that was a throwback. I hadn't seen him in a while. <laughs> no, you know the fir- the first thing I did think of is like Dave Holmes went uh, losing that. Remember they had a contest. Yeah, and like he's clearly the best guy, but they give it to Jesse, Jesse the tall, <laughs> the tall, dude lanky the weird dude accent. who may or may not have been on heroin. Uh, <laughs> Talk about may or may not. <laughs> okay, he was on heroin. <laughs> He was clearly on drugs. <laughs> like he dressed like, and I mean, like to his credit, and not to go off topic, he was kind of ahead of his time. Like as far as like how he acted and some of the things he did, but that's a whole nother story. But yes, Dave Holmes, even though he lost, though he still got a job. He still, yeah, they still gave him a job because <laughs> he was, like, as you said, he was clearly better. <laughs> was this like they did they do voting or how did that? Yeah, work? it was okay. by yeah. People call in to vote, and they were just they like, use you telephones. Know what? We can still. Oh yeah, that's that's OG right there. <laughs> They're just like, we'll still throw this guy on because clearly he is just better. No, it was probably like we don't know if this Jesse's guy is going to show up to work. <laughs> <laughs> he might get too high, wake up with a needle in his arm. You just you don't know. Dave Holmes, he's he's professional. He can read copy. He doesn't stutter. <laughs> like Dave Holmes looks like he could still he could still host a show now. Yeah. yeah, I think he. I think he does radio. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay, okay. It makes um, sense. So, uh, but with him saying Orlando is like Hollywood, but you can afford it, that was hilarious because <laughs> it makes it and it's, it's it makes a lot of sense. Disney's there. Yeah, you've got a ton of people trying to to be in their productions. Did they film um, the Mickey Mouse Club down there? Were their studios yeah. okay? So yeah, it's yeah. That's you. Is that's where er- everything picking. was formed in. In Orlando, um, J.C. Suze, Justin Timberlake were already on the Mickey Mouse Club there. Lance Bass came along, I guess, through a um, – I think A.J. also got, like, the some mailer with – Yeah, the blue, page, the blue sheets, he said, which yeah. had all the industry stuff going on. 
which is it's just wild. I don't know what that is nowadays, but it's just wild. So you know, this was what ninety five, ninety six. Uh, this was like this was earlier than that. Probably what ninety three. I think like ninety one, ninety two. When all this stuff was yeah, yeah when, they were, when they were forming yeah yeah okay yeah. So yeah, you think about this thirty twenty plus thirty plus years ago. And the way in which, you know, you got this information, you get a, a, a long blue sheet of paper in the mail <laughs> that has all these auditions. And, yeah, that's what AJ got. That's how he found it. That's crazy. Um, uh, and, I, and I also thought of, like, Ryan Gosling was also almost a part of NSYNC. Was he really? Yeah. I didn't know. Well, I know if you've seen the video. I know. I think I've posted it. Maybe Brandon's posted it of when on the Mickey Mouse Club they sang – Jodeci's yeah, I would cry, cry for you. Cry for you, yeah. Ryan Gosling was part of that, yeah, but, and he was almost in the group. That's hilarious. I could, I. Who do you boot for him? Chris. <laughs> so I had to pick somebody. I had to pick somebody. One of the, the one of the guys who shows up who shows yeah. up to talk about this. <laughs> I think if this happens, there. I think if if you get Ryan in there, he becomes successful, and he doesn't show up for this. No. He's too big for this. Yeah, he he wouldn't be in this. He's pro- he it was twenty nineteen. He might have been either filming or promoting La La Land. He's just not. <laughs> the, no, this was. Well, during the filming, he, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was yeah. filming La La Land. He would have been yeah, fam- filming and or promoting. Yeah, on talk shows. Yeah. I don't have time for this, Lance. I appreciate the old days, but. <laughs> <laughs> Lou who? Huh? Who who was that? I never called him Big Papa Lou. That was y'all. <laughs> I knew it was up. <laughs> So that was creepy. They called him Big Papa Lou. It, mm. and I mean, thinking about these things as I'm sitting there, sitting watching it again, and knowing what's coming. Like, yeah, it's just it 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 doesn't sit well. It does not sit well. The the long rehearsals in a hot studio, um, in a in a garage or a hangar. They said, I wrote very. This is very K-pop esque. Yeah. Like they're yeah. in there and they're putting in their 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 dues, you know, learning how to dance. Um so I thought this was interesting. So I remember back in early 2000s when um NSYNC did this, you know, really technically creative or technology creative performance and they go to Kid Rock and and they're trying to get him to, you know, agree that it was a good performance. And he goes, "Yeah, I guess from like, you know, a technology standpoint." And I like Kid Rock I know he's a multi-instrumentalist. He plays a bunch of stuff. But even on his best day, Kid Rock could not perform the way that NSYNC performs. He just couldn't. Oh, no. Not, not no many way. people, Not many people in the industry could. Um, like, if you think about it, at their concerts, they are going high energy doing cardio for about an hour. And they're singing. <laughs> and you can't stop and take a break. You're just going. You're going. And this isn't just random movements. You're not just running or doing jumping jacks. You're doing choreographed moves. You have to know your spots. You have to know all these different things. So that's how the sausage is made, like kids. This, <laughs> that's how it was made. The Backstreet Boys formed in 1993. Their first album, the one that had uh, Quit Playing Games With My Heart, which I think was feel like there was that first book singing in the United States. That was 96. Wow. That's so long ago. So they worked for three years yeah. before putting out anything, at least putting out any music. Maybe they did some shows, 
or anything like that. But, um, yeah. So that's, that, that's, that's the K-pop angle. Yeah. And like, yeah, we're, we're having to, you know, sing and do these dance moves without running out of breath. And that wasn't, that was crazy. Learn how to sing without sounding out of breath. You can be out of breath, but you can't sound like it. <laughs> and I thought that was that was interesting because a lot of artists nowadays days just choose to lip sync. <laughs> but back then he was like, no, you're going to sing to make the performance better. Um, I thought that was incredible. And if you've never seen a Backstreet Boys or NSYNC performance, first off, who are you? Second off, go watch one because they're incredible. They're in, especially if you watch them in their heyday, they were incredible live. Yeah. Um, the next thing I had was when you have money, do you feel like you can do anything? Probably. Regardless of skill level, knowledge of the subject, experience. So, so I'll tell us, I'll share a story from um, Amin Al Hassan from ESPN. Mm-hmm. He used to work as a GM in the NBA. With the Suns. Yeah. And one of the reasons he said he doesn't do it anymore is because you have owners who come in and they think because – so tip, you know, to buy a team, you've got to be a billionaire. They you've got to be Because good. they own the team, they know more about basketball? Well, not even necessarily that because they had to be successful to get to be a multi-billionaire, You're to right. even make enough money. So whatever they – everything they've done in life, they've been good at. So they automatically assume because they've never failed or have never really been bad. Oh, this is just another thing I need to conquer. I'll be good at it. It's just going to take time. And they're not good at it. So they don't hire the right people. They don't put the right people around them. They don't ask the right questions. And I think that's what this kind of is. Only Lou is a little bit more delusional because he really wasn't all that successful. He was just kind of a con man. Yeah. And but I think he thought because he'd just been so successful at doing this that he could just do it. So yeah, I really do think he probably was like, Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, you just get some, you know, five dudes and you know, teach them how to dance, teach them how to sing, yeah, put that out, you know. Well you, you heard Dave Holmes explain it's like, you know, it's always three guys or five guys. Never four. Never four <laughs> unless it was five and somebody left. Like <laughs> But I think that um and I don't know if it was the the I don't th- basically anything that Lou Perlman said as far as his stories mm-hmm. like I didn't I didn't believe them coming from him. No, <laughs> Not, no. Like so, going like later on is like okay, so that new kids on the block story didn't happen the way he said. <laughs> it, it, maybe he saw them one time and he saw a bunch of people trying to get autographs and he asked somebody who is that. And they're like, oh, that's new kids on the block. Oh, okay. Uh, what's their story? <laughs> and then he, and the, yeah, so some random guy, the janitor at the airport, explained it to him. <laughs> and then that turns into <laughs> they were renting my plane. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. But uh, I do find it interesting that Maurice Starr never comes up. No, but well, I think with him, with Maurice Starr, uh, I think for the most part. Probably for the past twenty five years, mm-hmm. he's mostly stayed out of the public eye. Mm-hmm. You'll see a few pictures here and there, but he, I think he's mostly stayed out of the public eye. Um, you know, he had the after there was new edition, there was new kids on the block, 
And then he had a group called Perfect Gentleman with his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his son wasn't even the lead singer. I don't even suck a sick at all. Uh, and then after that, I don't know what he did. And that that group disbanded like ninety three. So by up. then, <laughs> I mean, was he just like, let me just collect my new kids on the block checks, yeah, and and keep it moving. That's what um, I would do. <laughs> uh, I did write that like I saw like some parallels to because we just talked about Dreamgirls, mm-hmm. like some parallels <laughs> as far as um, putting the kind of the people he put in the group or what he was looking for or what he was trying to um, uh, accomplish as far as the other acts that he had. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like he had like Backstreet Boys took off first and NSYNC was struggling. So it's funny because they talk about that. I guess I just don't remember a time where they struggled. Um, I, I remember mean, for, being for, excited probably for when, us. Like everything probably took off in 97, 98. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, it all like all happened all at one time. Mm-hmm. But in those, if they were, if, if the Backstreet Boys did the, <laughs> like the three year thing to up to this first album in sync was doing the same thing. Yeah. And if they're doing these local shows, they're probably at malls and mm-hmm. state fairs or whatever. And it's not it's not really clicking the way they thought it would. Yeah. Or if they're going over to Germany or whatever and it's not clicking like they thought it would, who knows what's gonna happen when they if they're ever gonna if there ever is gonna be a time where they cross over to the United States mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden what happens Disney wants to put on this show. Yeah, I didn't remember them the being Backstreet a small Boys deal. You know? <laughs> turned it down, and NSYNC is like, "Okay, we'll do it." And no one had ever heard of. But if they're, I don't know if the special is at Disney World or, or yeah, whatever. It was at Disney World, yeah. Um. So it's a concert, but the fans like knew the song. So I don't know, <laughs> like, if it was was some of the stuff pre-recorded or it, something. That's like what that. it makes it was me weird, wonder because they like blew up after that. I thought they were already big. I don't remember them being like. I remember when they announced the concert. I was excited. I was like, "Oh, it's in sync," and they're like, "Yeah, we were struggling." I'm like, "Y'all were struggling? Maybe I misremembered. You know, maybe it's the Mandela effect, and I'm just misremembering." But yeah, they knew the songs. Like, did they just like must be an in sync fan or something that they teach them before the show? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. As it was when I, when they said that though, it's like. Yeah, this is when Lil Richard and the, left and gave up the piano <laughs> and never got it back. <laughs> they were Wally Pipped on the Disney <laughs> Like, you just, you don't do that. Like, they got there and they did Caledonia <laughs> and they burned down the house. And it was just like, that's one of those what ifs. Like, what if the Backstreet Boys took the show? That, that was like, so sync persevering is the Backstreet Boys' fault. Yeah, like what happens? And I almost wonder, like maybe Lou was like, oh, you guys just need to rest. You guys have been working really hard, you know, don't worry. And then behind this, he's like, give it to NSYNC. Like he's like, you know, he's playing two sides of the same, you know. Yeah, he, uh, they just like, hey, guys, I got a great opportunity for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a but, Disney Channel show. But it's a, that's a big what if. Like what if, if Backstreet Boys take that show, does NSYNC just fizzle out? Yeah. And we never hear from them? You know, a lot of things could happen. A lot of 
things happen then. And the show is so great. They said they it was played every day yeah. for a month. I can believe it. Because that was back when Disney Channel was doing those big concerts. So apparently the one of the people who was uh, one of the creators of the Liz McGuire show created that concert series. That was her baby. I know they had, um, I think Bewitched was one of them. Mm. Didn't work for them. No. <laughs> they didn't blow up <laughs> like NSYNC. Uh, but along with NSYNC and Johnny Lang, who that seemed to be the one that just really did not fit. Yeah. Like you got this young, That's he's young. He's like a blues guitar blues. player. It's just like, and he's really good. If you don't know who Johnny Lang is, I go check him out. He's still playing to this day, and he's still good. But, like, that just did not fit. I mean, like, that's like putting corn up there. Like, it just didn't, <laughs> didn't make, that might have been better, actually, because at least corn's on TRL, you know. But, like, who, Johnny Lang? Like, no one got that. <laughs> Hell, I was playing guitar then, and I didn't get it. <laughs> so, it just, yeah, it was weird. But that NSYNC concert, though, was the bomb. Um and yeah, it's just it's just weird to think that there was ever a time where, you know, that they were struggling. You know, that they show the scene in the bus where they're like, they're pretending fans are chasing them. I'm like, oh God, that's cringy, man. Yeah. And you uh, hear a yeah. really thick accent from Justin Timberlake in that in that scene. He <laughs> I guess he had just gotten in from Tennessee or something, but like, he got a voice coach or something. Yeah. And his mom's <laughs> his mom still got it. She mm-hmm. still has it. But like, oh yeah, look at them fans. I was like, that's that's Justin. <laughs> Man of the Woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think of of Lou pitting the groups against each other for marketing purposes? Oh, it's after we know what, what we know about Lou. That's classic Lou. <laughs> that's classic Lou. Like he's in there just like Lance said. He was afraid of the Backstreet Boys. Like what was he saying? <laughs> afraid of them? Why? I don't. He said I didn't know what they were gonna do. He's like I didn't know if they're gonna yell at us. Like it's loose and like, bruh, Backstreet Boys said if they see you, it's on site. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he, he's like, and they're tall and they're doing push-ups and they take boxing lessons. And if they see you, it is on site. Like I'm telling you. And so Lance was just like, oh my god. Or maybe he had a crush on him. I don't know. You know, he said he was still closeted and yeah. So, but I, yeah, he said he was scared. <laughs> And that's, I just like, can't I, imagine. I want to fight these guys. <laughs> I'm trying to dance. I'm trying to dance to six songs, man. on site, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I think of, like, what if there was, like, a video of, like, a, a, a VHS tape sent to them, like Wade sent to, uh, sent to. Oh, God. Sent to Elgin and, and David. Oh, God. Real world hilarious. style. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Like, you know, me and, me and the Backstreet Boys, we don't practice. We just do it. <laughs> oh, Backstreet God. Boys, in sync tonight, the warehouse. Oh, God. Yeah, I just, I, I would like to know, because he didn't elaborate. All he said is, like, I didn't know if they're going to yell at me or, like, it's just like, that's what has you scared that they might yell at you. Um, But no, I mean, I think it was one of those things where he kind of said, like, you know, why should... You know, why should someone else manage the Backstreet Boys competitor? I'll manage them. Yeah. And yeah, it's a conflict of interest, but it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where it's just like both of you were equally successful. Um, One maybe slightly more than the other. And you could maybe say it's just maybe because they were there first and that's why. But like no one in NSYNC until later would be complaining about the level of success that they attained 
um, being managed by and guided by Lou Pearlman. So even if it was a conflict of interest, you were still an inc- and still incredibly successful. And, you know, don't just, I don't know. It, it kind of felt, I don't want to say disingenuine, because maybe at the time you're like, God, we're being lied to, we're being manipulated. But it worked. He clearly knew what he was doing. Or if it, he felt like he knew what he was doing, and it just happened to work somehow. Um, the next thing I had was about the, the check presentation. <laughs> so to me, that felt like the scene in New Edition, the New Edition movie. Yeah, I thought they were going to get eighty-seven cents. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> three dollars and eighty-seven yeah. cents, something like that. Something like that. Um, so this is kind of where I go back to what we talked about at the beginning of the episode today. <sighs> So as as we said with NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, before they even, you know, probably made any real money, practice, practice, yeah. feeding you guys, I'm housing you guys, I'm clothing you. Um, he said, I'm getting you vocal lessons, I'm hiring songwriters, like I'm basically making an investment in you. And now that you guys have gotten big, Here's, you know, here's some money. However, I got to get my, what'd you say? Recoupables. Recoupables. (laughs) I got to get my recoupables because Mm -hmm. I've put millions of dollars into you. So here we go. You know, we've we've got Lou who's fronting the money for this. Now, in a regular business, you know, if I was a venture capitalist and I was one of the people who got in at the ground floor of Uber, and Uber has their IPO, their initial public offering, I'm expecting to get some money back, you know, because I've for years and years put money as a venture capitalist into into Uber. So when that IPO goes public, I expect to get something back. Um, should Lou Perlman expect to get something back? You know, this was a he was essentially being a venture capitalist, putting money in an unknown commodity. They blew up. He put in the most. Should he get the most out? But then again, this is music where now they're hot commodities. Yeah. You know, they're one of the biggest acts in the world and they have options. Sort of. They're in a contract. (laughs) (laughs) So they have options. They're talented enough to have options, but legally they don't have options. So that's why I can kind of feel like, well, damn, I'm out here. I'm singing. I'm dancing. I'm one of the best at what I do, but I'm not getting paid like it. But then again, you were kind of getting paid really well when you were nobodies. So, you know, is it's kind of one of those things where it's like you don't want to root for the bad guy. But, man, like, is Lou just supposed to get like nothing <laughs> for everything <laughs> he put in? Because then what's the where's the where's the upside? Like, where's the. Why would I put anything in if just, you know, when you get big, you're just going to not let me have anything? I mean, I think that's a fair question. Um, maybe they didn't like how he went about it. That's And so that is one way. He's kind of um, underhanded. <laughs> and, you know, for me, like, you can be ungrateful over $10,000 based on the amount of work they yes. just put in. And you I can be ungrateful over ten thousand dollars. He had to be like, I mean, it's a lot of no, bro. For as no, much not, work as you like, did, no. that is not that much. And they showed that comparison over to yeah. what a server makes over the course of a year. Yeah, and what they did over the course of three, years? three, yeah. three, four years. Yeah, you can be ungrateful over that. It was more than what New Edition got. 
but you can still be ungrateful. And he just felt so uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to be ungrateful and get canceled, but. <laughs> but the, it was all the other things that they, it was the recoupables, mm-hmm. like they, the, the per diem they were getting, that was actually their own money. Yeah. The the fancy dinners, that was actually their now, own money. that was. That was, that was. Giving, now, yeah, I would say give them a choice. Yeah. Like, let them know up front, like, these fancy dinners is coming out of your recoupables. If you want to go to McDonald's, we can go to McDonald's. Or if you want to go here, and then maybe they make that choice. And I think maybe, I would say, like. I'm going to go to Laurie's all the time. Yeah, I would <laughs> let them know, you know, this is future money's earned. Yeah. Because essentially that's what it was. Future money's earned. Because it was being spent on them. They just didn't know. Yeah. And I do think that's, like you said, like if he was more upfront with them, maybe it would have been because then at that point it is your choice. Like if you're like, yeah, I want Gucci instead of like, you know, Target brand Massimo, I think was popular at the yeah. time. <laughs> then, you know, that's one thing. But if it's like, you know, you're not being told that like, you know, because I think there were FUBU at the time, which is weird. Just to yeah, see them I know NSYNC did. There were matching FUBU jerseys. Yeah, well, that didn't make any sense. But um, yeah, so I, I do think that's where a lot of the the disdain came from like you know this i just imagine like the 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 anticipation like oh man how much is it going to be like how much are we going to get paid you don't even know my sister's mom was like if they all get a million dollars like i felt like that was kind of lofty you know i don't know his mom kind of bothered me a lot lance's mom yeah she looked yeah. kind of creepy oh it wasn't even that for me it was you knew as much as lance did <laughs> And you, <laughs> um, uh, what do you think of like during when they with the lawsuit and everything Lou had made himself a member of the group of both groups yeah so I and still convinced them that that was the, the right way to yeah. go yeah and I just I, I still don't really quite understand his logic um, as to either. where he was coming from and that right there is, is, a, is a pretty good con to pull off um, I think I I do think that was kind of scummy. Because that because I remember. guess the you know talking about him getting back what he put in, mm-hmm. but you're, it's like you're making money off of them in two ways. Yeah. Um, if it was just one him as you know the manager, and you get a the producer, yeah. you get the percentage. That's one thing, and we're probably not even telling the story. Yeah. But you made yourself a member of the group. So they're not splitting. So they're not splitting money five ways that you're already making off of them. They're splitting it six ways. So they're even yeah. getting they're getting even less. Plus, we we have no way of knowing, too. And this is and, where and they didn't know what he's. Well, we have no way of knowing what he's giving himself. Right. He can. You know, it's it's definitely it definitely wasn't even. Yeah. He could be <laughs> giving himself or he was giving himself more than they were getting. Yeah. You know, for all we know, he could have been taking their recoupables and splitting it up amongst, you know, him and keeping his recoupables. Like, oh, man, thanks for the dinner at Larmy's. Thanks, man. Like, <laughs> y'all pay for my dinner and I'm keeping my recoupables. So that that definitely did not sit well with me that he did that. Not yeah. at all. Um. So they eventually win the lawsuit. And then at this point in the film. They rewind back to Queens, New York, <laughs> and this paper route story. <laughs> I did write Lou was a sociopath. That like, That's it what started I wrote it there. Too. It yep. started there with the paper route story. Louis the liar. 
<laughs> just, it's like it was so unnecessary. Yeah. But you you he was gonna sell you the paper route for five hundred dollars in the mid sixties at best. It's a lot of money back. You're then. like you're like ten years old. Yeah, that's I wouldn't be surprised if that's what close to two thousand dollars now. Like that's a lot of money to for something back then. Just to get the paper route. Yeah. And then somehow he comes up with his But that doesn't even make sense to, to sell the paper route. Yeah. His ideas of how to make money off of it and buy other paper routes and get something with Dunkin' Donuts and yeah, it's like like he could have just stopped at the he sold me the paper route. <laughs> well, it doesn't even make sense to but to just, to sell a paper route. Yeah. It's like, oh, he, he got me this paper route, and then, and then I'm, I then I thought about all this, but the selling of the paper route part that that still doesn't make sense. None of it. And if it's this other kid who's also nine or ten years old, it's like I want five hundred dollars. What are you a mafia <laughs> boss? Oh, like what? Yeah. Is, what is that? Like it. <laughs> that was the that was a ridiculous story, but I thought that was the only one. But there is more. Oh, yeah. No, there's this is Louis, Louis the Liar. The Art Garfunkel story. Yeah. But he showed but up. He showed up. But they ain't cousins. But <laughs> it's that small part. They don't know that. <laughs> Other people don't know that. No. And Art Garfunkel, who knows? He probably saw. Is he still alive? Is Art Garfunkel still Yes. Alive? He probably saw this and was like, he said what? Like, he probably saw this. Like, hey, bro. Hey, yo, Art. Uh, did you know Louis Perlman? <laughs> Yeah, the little fat kid. From- <laughs> said, he said y'all were cousins. He said what? We're what? No. <laughs> Not even. Like who? <laughs> that had to be that had to be a shock to Art Garfunkel. You know, the, the kid. You, I mean, you, you performed at his his bar mitzvah yesterday. Oh, oh that was I just I got paid to, to do that. Like they said, oh, the Louis, he's a he's a big Art Garfunkel fan. He just wants you to come in and sing a song. Oh, I can. And I could can you do change that. darkness to Louis? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Louis, my old friend. Oh my God, he really does. Oh my him. God, he really is your cousin. Oh my God, let's be friends. That's what Louis. That's what Louis is thinking. That's what Louis is thinking. Yeah, if I if I say he's my cousin, and then and then he sings and he puts my song in there, and then I I have all the friends. Everyone wants to hang with Louie. Oh, God. Get paper rounds. Louie the liar. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that 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 story was ridiculous. And there's an <laughs> even more ridiculous story with the Jordash blimp. Yeah, that was. <laughs> so I imagine that one, that one, that one hurt him. That one did hurt him. Yeah. Um, 50, was it $50,000 worth of gold paint? Whose idea was that? <laughs> and then, like. So what's even funnier is like you think about these brands that aren't really around anymore. Like Jesus Christ, is that a throwback? Jordash, Jordash, like, and they were a big deal back then. Eighties, huge. And it's just like no one, like, you could ask somebody, someone under like (laughs) thirty, was Jordash? Like, fucking, what's Jordash? I never heard of Jordash. Like, uh, that was that was that's actually pretty a, a pretty funny part. But yeah, he's uh, got the blimp that's like he kind of started the blimp and... advertising though, because yeah. a lot of it's still being done today, oh, yeah. and it's a totally normal thing. Um, then I got he he charmed the hell out of these these older people about investing in Transcon, 
So uh, that that's when it got sad. Yeah. You know, everything he did to um I mean, I would maybe say outside of the call from innocence cuz I I do think he I think for that alone, if everything that she's saying is true, he should have been locked up right there for that. But yeah. that's another story. But it got really sad and kind of turned into an episode of American Greed by the end of it because then you really realized the real scam. You know, the the faking that he had an airline and and milking old people. I think they said 2,100 people out of their life savings. Right. And it sucks because when this happens... And maybe this is something that, you know, legislation needs to pass. Like, none of these people get their money back. You're just screwed. Yeah. You know, yeah, Lou Proven goes to jail, but, like. Like, how can, how can people com- be protected yeah. if they are unknowingly part of a Ponzi scheme? Yeah. It's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, is that even really justice? Like, yeah, he went to I, jail, but, like, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm destitute. Like, I saw a, <laughs> uh, uh, a video of. This was from 2013. This was right after the conviction, I believe. And it was a guy from the Wall Street Journal. He's talking to three members of the Backstreet Boys. And they're like, so, uh, you know, this thing with Lou Pearlman, he was found guilty. He's in prison. Uh, And part of his um, part of his sentence is paying restitution. Uh, So does he. It, does he have writing? Does he still get royalties from any of your songs? Is is that how he's able to make payments? And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't own anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it it so I it was it got me thinking. Like, man, how how would he have been able to pay restitution? Mm-hmm. What money is there? And in the in some of the calls, he was um, he was trying to. He was trying to start another boy band from jail. Yeah, said, yeah, get, if I can have access like to a computer and a phone. This dude is diabolical. Yeah, he was going to try to set up another con. Um, yeah. Um, the guy Lou had as his lawyer, uh, he got played too. So I, that was funny because at first, so it's like, the the thing about this documentary is it's kind of like an M Night Shyamalan movie. There's a lot of twists. Yeah, like you're up front, you're thinking like, oh man, things are going fine, and like it just keeps devolving and evolving and devolving and de- like it just yeah. it never and you're just like surely it can't get worse. And then he conned old people out of their like oh god it got worse. <laughs> like and then it's like oh well it can't get. Worse. Then he conned his lawyer that defended him. It's like what the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. Uh, also, with the the lawyer because he he defended uh, Casey Anthony. Yeah, uh, maybe he deserved it. Let me stop. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, you know what's there to apologize for? Uh, <laughs> he should apologize. I mean, hey, everyone deserves. This is America. Everyone deserves their right to a to a, a trial and yada yada yada, but she's scum, and that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Um, yeah. I had to make a note about the prayer circle. I don't know Me which too. side they were on. They were probably on the boys' side. Their fans are. That's just like, come on, yeah. man. We all doing, man. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, the judge made her decision with logic, <laughs> and I felt like that was refreshing to yeah. me. It's like, uh, so you're saying. You're the sixth member of NSYNC. <laughs> Sing a song. <laughs> or, or the Backstreet Boys. And you're saying that's your name and not 
and you're you're saying you're 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 in sync or the Backstreet Boys, and not these guys over here whose pictures on mm-hmm. my daughter's wall. <laughs> This reminded me of when John Fogarty had to get up and sing his songs in court. <laughs> he was being sued by his old band for plagiarizing like himself. That's, that's what it kind of felt like. It's like, all right, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> Are they going to ask Lou to sing a song? Like, you're an sync. Yeah, sing Turn Up My Heart and, and do the choreography. Well, I'm not that kind of member. <laughs> like, all right, I rule in favor oh, of oh, NSYNC. So, no, it was like, oh, so do you play an instrument? <laughs> Uh, I'm not that kind of member either. I'm instrumental. Uh, so, did you write the songs? I'm I'm not that kind of I wrote about either. the songs. <laughs> I wrote the checks for the songs. Oh God! So None what do of you that do? Counts. I'm Big Papa Lou. What does that mean, sir? <laughs> it means I do things that I can't talk about in an open court. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> I gave them alcohol. <laughs> like, I mean, it was those, those, I'm sorry, but those parties were out of line. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the, oh, boy. Uh, these boy band parties, like, ugh. Yeah. What do you mean boy band party? I mean, it looked like there were girls there, but that might have been innocent. I, I don't even yeah. remember their faces. Well, I mean, if they were, clearly he didn't see me was interested in women. <laughs> You know, Lance no. said that he, you know, he was like, I'm closeted. I was closeted at the time. And he said he, he just he assumed he that he was gay. Yeah. Um, because, you know, he seemed to be into into younger boys um, and then seemed to like to use the women there to entice the young boys. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the scummier things he did, if not the scummiest thing, was that he he filmed. Oh, the tanning the girl, bed. Yeah. The, the girl group in the tanning bed. Showed it to the boys in the boy bands when she uh, refused to sign the NDA. Um, he basically gave a, a thinly veiled death threat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't thinly veiled. I have insurance that was on not you. Thinly veiled. It'd be a shame mm. if something happened to you. Like that's that's got to be terrifying. You know that's um, that and 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 that's why I say for just for that alone, I would have put him in jail. Like for for you know. Filming a, I don't know how old these girls were, but probably barely legal, if if that. Yeah. Like that's just that's out of line right there. Speaking of uh, well, another creep story, the Rich Cronin story that he told on Howard Stern that yeah. Ashley Parker Angel relayed. So that's when I was like, okay, so we're full K-pop now. Yeah. Like this is you have them in a boot camp, and now you're trying to essentially prostitute them out to foreign rich people. Under the guise of that's just how it's done. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but he went a step further. He's like trying to get them comfortable. Oh, you you can practice on me. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. But that is. Did the K-pop folks get that from him, or was it? Did he get that from them? Chicken, yeah. Which one came first? I don't know. <laughs> it's but it's like that's. So that's when I think I just wrote like uh, he, he's a pedo. He's a pedophile. That's I mean that's the only thing I can think of. And well, no, because they were they were of age, right? Touche. They were of age, yeah. But the, the barely legal. He's a predator. At, and the, predator, you know, a at predator the very least. at at yeah yeah at at yeah. Um, we're talking about the tanning bed. So uh, one of the things though that they mentioned right around that you know around that story, mm-hmm. Ashley Angel mentioned like everyone knew he was crooked. Everyone knew that. 
something was well, up. Because yeah, he because O Town came along after, after he got the sued. lawsuit. Yeah. So and so this kind of goes to my statement about personal responsibility. You know what he's doing. Yeah, I, I had a note. Uh, are you going to listen to your lawyer or are you going to listen to Lou? Exactly. So same thing there. Every person took it to their lawyer. Their lawyer told them this is that's what she, the girl from innocence. This is career suicide. Like, don't Do sign not this. sign. And I this. signed it like oh my God. told the guy for <laughs> take five. You know, it's a bad contract, but it may be the only one that you see ever. So he signed it. So at what point <laughs> does personal responsibility come into this? You've got professionals that you've hired to watch your back. And and people saw, like, them signing the contract, they saw the success. Mm-hmm. And this, after the lawsuit, and I wrote that, like, after the lawsuit, Lou dug in even harder with yeah. the other groups. He wasn't going to let that happen. Trying again. to catch lightning in a bottle again. Mm-hmm. But the music had changed. Yeah. Time had passed, and even it was just a few years, but still, mm-hmm. it was enough enough time had passed where it's everything you do. We've seen this already, yeah. Uh, so, well, he he dug in yeah. even harder, and I think that was what you know they're saying he had a way with words. You know, he was able to convince mm-hmm. people of anything. So he stepped that part of his game up, yeah. And then they signed these contracts anyway. But even they know, but they're thinking, uh, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, we can be that big. You and didn't we'll see figure that. Out later. You didn't see yeah. the lawsuit and why they were suing him in the first yeah. place. Like they probably thought, like, blinded. we'll figure it out later. You know, f- sign the contract, <laughs> get the exposure. We'll figure it out later. And at that point, it's just like, w- at what point are you just held responsible for signing a bad contract? That you knew was bad, you know? You knew it was bad. You knew the guy was a creep. You signed the contract anyway. And so that's 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 kind of where, because for all we know, so, you know, with documentaries, there's always a slant, there's always a side. For all we know, um, we have no way of knowing if NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys truly knew what they were getting themselves into. There's I don't a think chance. they knew. There's they, a, they, I don't think they knew. Because, like, they were first. Touche. They were first. They were first. So I don't think they knew. They just saw that he that he was putting this together. Mm-hmm. This was something they were trying to do. You had Justin and JC were already on the Mickey Mouse Club, so they're trying to make something out of that. So there was no lawyer though that read this contract and was like, hey, "No, bro, this is bad." Bro. They I'm saw this, this as an opportunity. They saw, oh, this guy, he's going to take care of us. We mm-hmm. get to live in this big house. He's going to give us choreographers and, and vocal lessons, and we don't have to worry about any money. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about anything. We just have to focus on the music. Yeah. It, it looked like it was a slam dunk to them, <laughs> even though they're like 15, 16 years old, mm-hmm. slam dunk. It's a, it, like, yeah, where do I sign? <laughs> You want a hundred dollars for all my songs? Where what do I, I sign, Mister Gordon? Gordon? <laughs> oh God! Oh, John Mulaney, funny guy. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to think that they were that naive. I don't want to think that they didn't get because they said, "Oh, when you're rehearsing with this, you don't think to have your lawyers look over something." And they couldn't afford a lawyer like JC hired. Like he had a cousin who was a lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) Had them look over the contract. Yeah, I guess so. It's just that just made me that made me wonder because 
you know, by the, by the early 2000s, they were hip to the game. You know, people knew it was up. And lawyers were, were, you know, that was, and I guess that was one of the more striking parts of of the um, documentary is when they said they knowingly signed bad contracts, yeah. you know? And it, you know, made me think back to, because I don't think TLC realized how bad their contract was, but John Resnick of the Google Doll straight up said when they signed theirs, they knew it was not a good contract, but he's like, when someone's dangling your dream in front of you yeah what are you gonna do um so i, I just i do wonder but you know i don't, I don't know because but like we, like we said they they were hip to the game like this is what she said career suicide <laughs> <laughs> this is career suicide um so the the i there's a part i wanted to get to because we're coming up on uh two hours here but i'm having fun i know <laughs> um <clears throat> so there's the 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 transcon investigation. Uh, he's making the political contributions, and I wrote that that can tell a lot about a person more than people want to admit. Mm-hmm. Who you give money to as far as a political contribution? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the staging at the office for the FBI. Oh, that sounds hilarious. Like no one's looking <laughs> no up. No one's looking up. <laughs> like eight people walk through my office. I'm looking up every time. Like yeah. who, who's that? Who are you? Oh, okay. Um they closed that investigation for her. <laughs> so th- yeah, that 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 was one of those um <laughs> you you get down or you stay down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like are you lay lay down or you know get put down? Um she stuck her nose where it wasn't supposed to be. She was trying to be Elliot Ness. And they were like, nah, dear. <laughs> no. Um, of course, the the representative who is now in Congress, of course, he declined to be interviewed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would decline too. Yeah. Um, so he, when they raided his office, raided Transcon Records, apparently the, the documents he left in the office weren't important enough to take with him, but they were damning enough. Yeah. Um. One new I wanted to get to. The model airplane. That was genius. I mean, I, I know it's a like, con. Oh, that's messed man. up. Um, but didn't who was it that did that not too long ago on like Instagram with like a uh, with a like a car, and like they put it in the driveway and had it washing and everything, but it was like a really close up picture. Like, yeah, check out my range and all this stuff. I, I feel like it was Bow Wow, but I, I know he did Bow-Wow. that with a he did that with a uh, with a plane too, right? With like yeah, like he was getting, he was getting on a private jet, but that was just a stock photo. Yeah, he was really flying coach. Yeah, and so someone, someone like immediately <laughs> picture him. Yo, he flying coach. So I mean, it was Lou. You know, he was like, you don't have to know this. I don't. This isn't my plane. He's like, or there is no plane. Yeah, there, there's no plane. He's like, oh, we're flying Delta. We're flying all these places, but never Transcon. <laughs> never Transcon. No one talks about tra- I, like. I never heard Transcontinental Airlines. Where they fly out of? Where the hub at? <laughs> they don't have a hub. Orlando. Mm-hmm. Show me to the show me to the Transcon <laughs> terminal. <laughs> Does not exist. Um. So yeah. Uh. Then okay, he he finessed his own lawyer because somehow. <laughs> that, wow. Yeah. No. Wow. It's, it's impressive. It's he was he was good at what he did. Finessed his own lawyer out of the um how did it go oh with the record so basically it's like okay you'll be my lawyer for this case but not really mhm 
I got another lawyer, lawyer. for the Kings. <laughs> and he sued him for, what, $16 million? And he never got paid either. Yeah. And like, oh, he's going to wire me the money from this bank account in Germany. That does not exist. Yeah. <laughs> like, Just, it, that's when it turned into American Greed, and I expected to hear Stacey Keach start talking because it was just like yeah it was it, that's when you that's when and i don't know which which like it's called the boy band con but like that was that was the real con to me what he did that last thir- what they showed him doing the last 30 minutes yeah with transcon with the milking people out of their money um the ponzi scheme essentially that held yeah. everything up was just disgusting um like like so like we said like the the two two of the biggest boy bands of all time were created by way of a scam mm-hmm. that continued long after they he stopped using yeah. them. Yeah, you know. Um, so he gets arrested in Bali eating breakfast, that and like hilarious. the arrests always seem to happen like that. It was hilarious. They're in bre- <laughs> they're eating breakfast ten feet from him. <laughs> <laughs> so our our. Our informant got impatient and sent us a picture. Oh, he's right there. Like, that was funny to me. Um, I, I'm just imagining, like, you know, if this, because this was, what, 2014, 2015? That he's arrested. I think that was 2012. 2012. So I'm trying to think where they're, how quickly did they get the picture? Because he said they emailed it. So was it like a Blackberry or something? Because they got the picture fast enough to be able to pounce on him while he was eating breakfast. So it had to be, like, a very quick... If they sent it by email, or if they 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 might have sent it by text message. Yeah, they just turned around like there he is, like <laughs> just like calling like, hey, hey John. How, how fast was that relay? <laughs> He's right, got an earpiece. Uh, yes, the subject's right behind you. Say like, turn around, John. Turn around. <laughs> Put his slowly, plate. Turn around. So no, turn around. No, turn around slowly. slowly Spit his eggs slowly, out. Slowly. <laughs> what are you? It's Lou Pearlman. It's Lou Pearlman. <laughs> like, shut up, man. Shut up. <laughs> like, hey, you're Lou Pearlman. Oh, yes, yes. That's yes. me. Would, you've would heard you, of me. Would you like an autograph? <laughs> no, you're under arrest. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's me, the Lou Pearlman of Jordache fame, of Transcon fame, of, <laughs> of Innocence fame. It's like. <laughs> Take five. Just C-note. name all the yes. failures. C note, yeah. <laughs> Was like an autograph. <laughs> I th- I could imagine him saying that. He he seemed that cocky. Well, yeah, like uh, the, the after when he's in jail, trying to you know pay back the restitution, mm-hmm. he's trying to create another boy band from like the balls on this dude. Said he'd be out soon on that. Phone so he's call. being framed. Who's framing you? Yeah. You don't have friends. <laughs> you don't have friends, Lou. <sighs> or your your one friend. You treat him like crap. Yeah. <laughs> It was yeah. It's a it 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 just. Like, what are we talking about? The end got sad. The end end got sad because you then you did really kind of truly realize how lonely he really was. And then Alan said, um, like, and I guess that that last phone conversation, he felt like he got cheated. You ain't the only one. Yeah, you're not the only one who got cheated. Like the the I can't remember her name, but the girl from Innocence, no closure for her. Yeah, none. The none guy from Take Five, no closure for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I think it was, it was either Lance or AJ saying you have everything, but and I, and I wrote the like credit wasn't enough. Just getting credit wasn't enough for Lou. Mm-hmm. He had to keep going. And, and then the guy telling that thing about the primary material, 
like with the George Washington mm, letters. That was a very, I, I like that. Like even primary material can be wrong. Yeah. Um, but one thing I wanted to get to, because I, I didn't mention it at all, I wanted to wait okay. for towards the end. <laughs> Aaron Carter. Yeah, so um, I wrote Aaron Carter compromised. Like he defended w- him so hard. And uh, I saw an interview because uh, someone asked asked Lance Bass about it while he's mm-hmm. promoting the film. Someone asked him about Aaron Carter, and he's like, at first he's like, yeah, we had to fight to get Aaron Carter in because he wasn't part of a boy band, but he's just as important to the story mm-hmm. because Lou managed him. And we're thinking Aaron's going to tell, you know, some some crazy stories, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. But he defended him from beginning to end. Yeah, fervently. And I, the first thing I said was, uh, well, yeah, like it could get worse for Aaron Carter. And then I said, um, what was the next thing I said? Do you believe Aaron Carter? Like, does anyone believe yeah. what Aaron Carter's saying? Especially about the tanning bed. He's like, I use that tanning bed hundreds of times. And my mom would my check mom it. Check it. Would she sweep it with for bugs or but, something? Like, I don't, like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I I think if anything, what probably happened was Lou Perlman was literally like a father to him in a time where his family was was largely probably absent. You're you're yeah, because he said like he they didn't see Nick for years. Yeah, you d- never see your brother. Your mother is probably more and know, concerned. He, and Aaron with Carter came up after the lawsuit. Yeah, so he probably saw him as like you know. This guy took care of me and, you know, like you said, like the mean streets of of, of Tampa, I think is where Tampa. he's from. Tampa. Um, like what really could have happened to him out there? I don't purport to know Aaron Carter's life. I know he's he's um he's had some drug abuse problems. Maybe Lou saved him. I don't know. But like I, I, I just I can only imagine like he had there was something some kind of really strong connection they had that maybe Lou just did not take advantage of or it's the other extreme that Lou like took advantage of like groomed him yeah yeah that's the word I'm looking for groomed him compromised him and that's why he's like to the death I will defend Lou I can't believe you guys are sitting here talking about him I use that tanning bed all the time my mom swept for bugs with James Bond type devices we found <laughs> nothing like it was, it was, and it did, it did kind of have, I mean, it, it did kind of have what seemed like someone who was groomed, who was, you know, got he, the worst He's the of only it. one who had consistently good things to say about Lou. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, Aaron, you are alone on this one. Yeah. You're not winning this fight, man. You are alone yeah. on this. Which just makes it seem like he, he got it the worst. Yeah. And he was he was he was groomed, but he got it as a result of being groomed. He got it the worst, but he did not deal with it. And so it turned into, you know, I don't want to say Stockholm syndrome, but it turned into like, no, I'm not going to go against him. It was kind of it was scary to watch this. I did. I forgot how bad it was the first time and watching it again. I was like, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) He starts getting he gets mad. He takes the mic off, you know, just like. It was it was very uncomfortable, but I'm glad they left it in because yeah. it could have taken it out because it does not fit their narrative. It right, it doesn't fit the narrative, and it. I think that we're looking for. 
whatever that person, if that person thinks they're being honest, mm-hmm. then that's what they want to show. Yeah. You and know, because I, I think if, if, if it looked, if it didn't look genuine, we don't see it. Yeah. Um, cause even with like Lance, he has good memories. Like he's like, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without mm-hmm. Lou, but he's clearly conflicted. Yeah. AJ clearly conflicted. Uh, less, I think less, more, JC less so than... doesn't have an opinion. <laughs> he should, because you're in, you're in the same boat as, as, as the other guys. I think AJ was less conflicted than the others. I think, I think like, like Lance, he understands but I think he was a little more he had a little bit more conviction in saying that like Lou was messed up. Well, yeah, because it was because of I think they said because of Brian. Uh, oh, and Brian coming in like this is messed up. Like, I would love to have seen that cause Brian yeah, because Brian was like, like Brian and Justin were talking to each other like this yeah. is messed up. Lou's doing all this stuff. We need to do something. Yeah. And the other guys almost didn't go on go along yeah. with it. Like Brian did not seem like a like the like this upspoken, outspoken one to me. Like, I would have expected that person to be AJ because AJ was always the, the rebel. Yeah. Of the, the, he had the, the Brian rebel was like the was the, you know, the good boy where, you know, AJ was the bad was the rebel. Nick Carter was kind of like the immature bad boy. And Brian was the mature one. Like, I, I would have expected Brian to be like, all right, guys, we need to handle this like gentlemen. We need to not come like, no, this is messed up. And we're going to sue his ass. <laughs> 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 I expect that from AJ. So to hear that Brian was like that. I don't know anything about Brian. <laughs> I don't know who he is. I mean, it definitely wouldn't have been Howie because he did not participate. Yeah, Howie. Um, I think Howie's just like I just want my money, my yeah. family. <laughs> I'm good. We're uh, touring again, guys. Like we're. we're it was going to be Kevin because Kevin looked. He looked up to Lou like a father figure, yeah. so he wasn't going to go against him. So. <laughs> yeah. It's like we we are we are Sue. Yeah, that's just I just would not when he said Brian said that. I was like Brian. Like the dude who's singing Brian McKnight songs, Brian Smooth, man, Brian's. I just did not expect that. Um, but then also, yeah. I would have wanted to hear from Brian. Yeah, and then that's another reason why we wanted to hear from Justin too, because yeah. he was he was he was right there with Brian as mm-hmm. far as filing a lawsuit. Well, I just I also want to know too, what do they think of him? Like we've got because all we know is hearsay. So I'd be curious yeah. to know what they think of him because. Especially Justin, because out of out of everyone that Lou has ever managed, this is the biggest thing to ever come from that. Yeah. Is is him. I mean, like it's a solo artist. I mean the Backstreet Boys were big, but like NSYNC was big too. And Justin had a huge solo career. So it's like, you know, I, I would love to hear his thoughts on this. Because you are you are you're it, man. You are what Lou had been dreaming of. <laughs> like, Lou's probably like, man, I'm used to manage that kid. Like, he's probably saying that in prison. <laughs> You're in the Super Bowl. Pull- well, that was before the, since they pulled out Janet Jackson. But, like, even, like, you know, you could be at the Grammys. Like, I used to manage that kid, man. I got stories about him. <laughs> Discovered him on the Mickey Mouse Club and brought him in. Man, I used to watch that guy dance around. I always knew he was going to be a big star. Like, in Lou Pro fashion, you know? Um, I just be yeah, I'd be curious to hear that, man. I'd be really curious to hear that. Yeah. Um. So, um. Uh, I think I think that was that was all my notes. Uh, if you had any other notes or anything you wanted to, um, include here. Um. 
well, two things. The SoundScan era and all the records being sold, the start of the SoundScan era, was definitely reminded of that. We may, we'll never see that again. Oh, not uh, at all. Ever. <laughs> not at um, all. You know, just the, you know, and I won't go too deep into it, but I will encourage because you to go, if you're listening to this, go and look it up. Old Town um, sold 10 million. 10 yeah. million? How? That doesn't how? happen like, nowadays. Like, I wouldn't even think they sold that many. Yeah, you don't typically sell... I mean, like you, your single might go platinum, but an album typically does not go platinum anymore off of a single. Aaron Carter sold yeah. five million, and that's even if you release an album nowadays. Like, wow. Um, the last thing, what was up with that cover of "Tearing Up My Heart" at the end? Like, who thought that Kena, was a good idea? Yeah, Kena Granis, she's one of those YouTube cover artists. You know, we talk about Boyce Avenue. She's mm-hmm. like female Boyce Avenue. Yeah, I just, uh, I didn't. That didn't fly. I didn't. I didn't like it. Yeah, me either. Um, if it was just a cover of Tearing Up My Heart, it didn't make sense. So, if, I mean, if it's the, the original version, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have made sense. So, a cover makes even less sense. Yeah, especially to end the um, the documentary with that song. Maybe they're saying that Lou was tearing up their heart. I don't know. There could I just feel like there might have been better songs to end with. <sighs> and then know. to have the, the section of them, like, reading direct quotes from Lou... Yeah, that was, that was it was kind of weird. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so it kind of ended with I wouldn't say a whimper, but <laughs> I was like, um, I mean, like, I it wasn't going to be silence, but yeah. it could have been just some generic instrumental, yeah, <laughs> some generic pop instrumental. I mean, there were all the all the you know the documentary tropes were in there the. Um, after they say something deep, you just kind of do a quick cut and it just shows them kind of looking down reflective or something or show yeah. them in a room looking at things. I want to show the his old Alan, his friend in that room, looking at the the um, the planes and stuff, the model planes. And you can tell they're behind something and he's in focus. But what's really up close is out of focus. It had all, had all the, you know, the documentary tropes that you just have in there. Um and then, but then to end like that felt just out of place. Like they were like, "We're gonna be edgy." You spent the last hour and a half being like everyone else, and now you want to try to be different. It just, it didn't, it, it didn't. Nah, just end with you. End with what everyone's doing, and just credits. Like you didn't need to do all that, because <laughs> then it just made it weird. It's like you're, <laughs> it's like making the victims read the. <laughs> the perpetrator's <laughs> stuff like that's uh-uh, that's creepy because they looked uncomfortable reading it yeah 